This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. So Adam, we're going to talk about sexual addiction today, and you've brought your addictive substance into the podcast room. That's right. It's, it's right here. I'm ingesting it um, orally as often as I can. Talking about coffee. Yeah, coffee, coffee is, is my a addiction. total addiction for Adam. Yeah, I may have five to six cups a day. It's probably not a good Gosh. thing for me. Does that make your heart race? It does not. Um, you know, that's what addiction is sort of about, making your heart race. Yeah. Really. <laughs> it's, it's, to me, it's, it's, uh, it's about uh, making me calmer. So Making it, you calmer. It calms, it, coffee calms me down. Honestly. I got to say, Adam is a cool friend because every once in a while I have to go over to his office and we do interviews or talks or whatever and – he often takes me to the coffee shop around the corner and where there's like really good coffee and he knows all the baristas and everybody by name. Um, yeah, like, I like a them local. over there. I like them over there. But yeah. I'm not a coffee connoisseur. I'll take it any way that I can get it. <laughs> I don't care. I was with I was with some friends at a breakfast the other day and one of the guys would not drink the coffee at the this we were at um, this place called the Famous Toastery and he would not drink the coffee because it was not, you know, Fancy like fancy, fancy beans or 
Like they weren't from like Ecuador or Colombia or wherever yeah. he thinks fancy beans come from. I was just like, just give it to me. Just, I, don't, I, just don't, I don't care. It can be espresso, regular coffee. It can be fine, finely roasted beans. Homemade. You know, and it that is what whatever. every sexual distancer wants to hear. Like oh, every yeah. sexual distancer <laughs> just just wants, just, just give, give it, it to me, me baby. <laughs> you know, I don't care how it comes. I love it every which way. It can be fancy schmancy. I don't care if it's, you know, in the gutter. I just love it. <laughs> love you for it. I mean, that is like the right answer, Adam. That is, a, that is that, the right answer. Well, that was an unexpected transition. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, just, I couldn't resist. You I know, when it. you're talking you're about right. sex, everything can become an innuendo. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, that is a, the sexual distancer wants, wants it however they come. But. Well, they, the sexual distancer wants wants their partner to be happy, mm-hmm. you know, right? Just happy yeah. with it. Yeah. But the, is it the distancer that you think is more often the addict, t- sexual addict type personality? Um, that's a really good question. I have kind of gone back and forth. I have not determined that the research has, you know, evidentiarily, there's a big fat word, um, you know, determined which attachment style is more prone to addiction? Both mm-hmm. of them have weaknesses and, and vulnerabilities that could cause addiction. Yeah. Um, but the sexual addiction, I mean, I think what we want to talk about is we hear about this, right? And There's some controversy <clears throat> around that whether term it even as well, exists. whether it is an, an actual addiction or not. What, mm-hmm. where, do you follow one way or the other on it? I do. I For a long time, you know, I try to kind of split the middle of the road. And sometimes for a person, because I think, being labeled an addict could be shaming. I might say, you know, you have sexually compulsive behavior, but it all amounts to something. It's not a person who likes sex a lot. No. This is a person whose sexual behavior has become problematic to their life, to their partnership, to often to their work life. You know, it's a person who is escalating in sexually risky behaviors. Hmm. So risk to their own health, risk to their partner's health, risk to their finances. Hmm. This is not a person who says, you know, I just I'm, need more sex. I just need more sex and you don't understand it because you're right. not a sexualist. Me. No, that's that's no. Yeah. I'm going to say the cuss word. And, no, <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. Well, an addiction, an addiction, oftentimes the what the addictive behavior is often filling something. Mm-hmm. It's filling a need for that person that they're not getting in other areas right. of life. Right. Right. And addiction so, is uh, there's a root. Yes. The the soul of the addict is empty, hmm. and that's what they're trying to fill. Are and you it, trying to fill emptiness with your coffee? Uh, yes, I'm trying to fill <laughs> sleep deprivation. <laughs> <That's> what, <laughs> That is the need that I'm. <laughs> that is that the I, need of a young I, father. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No. And I, I think, though, that there is that you could often talk about the term of the addictive behavior as being symptomatic of something mm-hmm. else. Right. Um, and I think being able to figure that out, what it is a symptom of. Yes. Um, but it is causing such a problem that the sexual behavior is going to be the addictive behavior, the way that they're acting out. It's right. going to be really violating to a couple right. a couple relationship, uh, specifically a committed couple relationship. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, there are people who have different arrangements, um, poly people and people who, you know, come into the relationship or even the marriage with a different moral frame. I mean, we're really... Speaking to people who have fidelity as their primary value and have committed to monogamy, and whether they're married or not, that's still their commitment. So a violation, a sexual addiction is more violating in some ways than an affair. Mm. I think there are – I mean people feel differently about it, right? Sometimes if their partner has an affair 
and is emotionally connected, that can feel more violating. Sexual addiction is usually less emotional connectivity, but not necessarily. I mean, so it, it could go either way, but I, I don't even know why I said that. That was probably dumb. Um, it's <laughs> a huge violation. That. It's a violation, though, because it's like sex in and of itself, committed sex to each other is the one of the foundational boundaries that are established in a monogamous relationship, mm-hmm. right? right? Like the agreement is, I'm only going to have sex with you, you're only going to have sex with me. right? Um, and so even if it's not sex with other people, even if it's a pornography addiction um, or phone sex addiction or something of that nature, it is still violating that boundary, right? right? Because you're going outside of that primary <laughs> relationship to fulfill a sexual need, all right? right. Um, and, and usually it, it comes with either – like what happens and why it's so separating is the person who's acting out. This really became clear to me when I read this study. And we're, we're talking about a research study that was done, uh, an article by Rory Reed and Scott Woolery. And they wrote, couples to resolve attachment ruptures created by hypersexual behavior. So they are pretty careful here. I think they do eventually use the word addict in it, but it, it was done and published by the Alliant International University in San Diego, California in April of 2006. Um, but they, they really, what attracted to me to it, the study was their use of uh, emotionally focused therapy, which is an attachment-based therapy to resolve these things. And they, they really worked on resolving. And I think sometimes when a couple comes in and they've had a sexually addictive person acting out, you know, it's like a bomb goes off in their relationship, an absolute bomb. Hmm. I mean, I think certainly with affairs, but when when there's multiple behaviors and behaviors after behaviors that start to become evident. I mean, I had a guy who was just an upstanding person and really, truly a lovely person. And he came in and he said, you know, I have something to tell somebody and I don't know. It's destroying my life. You know, he had spent in the last several years $100,000 on prostitutes and escorts. And Hmm. it had started, you know, with pornography. It had escalated. He, you know, cheated every which way, every person he could. I mean, it it was a huge problem. And his wife had discovered a tiny bit of it. And, you know, we went through the process of healing and part of it was him having to disclose at some point after quite a bit of counseling on both sides the entirety of the addiction. Right. You know, and he knew it was an addiction. I mean, this guy was so humble and absolutely knew that he kind of even knew where it came from, the tragedy of his own very abusive upbringing. Hmm. You know, and culturally abusive upbringing as well. I mean, there were some special circumstances, but you know, he knew he was trying to fill the hole in the soul. Yeah. He got it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, this study talked about something that felt hopeful to me about can couples resolve this and come into a healing spot. And the reason the person who's acting out is so – destroys the partnership in two ways. One is by acting out against the agreement or the vow. Mm-hmm. Um, but secondly, they withdraw into shame and – Humiliation. They isolate. They right. isolate. They they take all their energy out of the relationship, right? Yeah. And so their partner can't reach them. So it's a double fold thing. It's it's abandonment, and it's acting out. And it, it becomes that isolation becomes really secretive as well because right. they can't disclose the addiction to their partner. So they 
it it, be, it creates some uh, secret barriers between right um, them and their and their partners. It's well. a world of their own, exactly. Yeah. Right, and so it it violates um, any kind of secure attachment that may exist in the relationship. And in fact, it keeps secure mm-hmm. attachment from happening. Right. So if there if if either couple comes from more an anxiously attached or avoidantly attached background, the addiction is going to be a real challenge for them to create that that security that's needed for them to be able to to move forward. Right. There's right? the injury to the partner and then there's the shame of the acting out partner hmm. that is a huge gap between them. So I think that one of the things that needs to be talked about is what do we consider healthy sex and then as opposed to addictive sexual behavior? Hmm. Um, so, I mean, healthy sex basically is it requires mutual respect and caring. Like there's an openness between the couple. You know, there's consent. Yeah. Um, there's safety and trust. And, and in healthy sex, it's advantageous to the coupleship. It leads to more closeness. It leads to more bonding. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, certainly sex is pleasurable, but the way it functions in partnership is what we're talking about today. Uh, we're not against wild, crazy, fun sex. It's yeah. great. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the way sex functions between two people. And in a healthy relationship, it creates more of those things, more intimacy. It's like the the secret between two people, right? Mm. Us against the world kind of feeling. Yeah. We do something that only we know about, and it's so special and so intimate. Yeah. And it just draws people closer. Yeah. And I think that moving into that sexual relationship that you're talking about requires a great deal of vulnerability. Exactly. Right? And so, like, in part, that, that vulnerability, when it is safe and secure, like, is rewarded and you can go, you can become even more vulnerable. Right. right? In and healthy sex. In healthy sex, right? Yeah. And it, it goes, it can go deeper and deeper. Right. Well, let's come back and talk about, unfortunately, the deep wounds that occur when there is sexual addiction after this break. So, Adam, we're going to do a new thing. We are going to offer a link to Patreon on Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy, which is foreplayrst.com for people who are really interested in helping us develop deeper, you know, more interesting podcasts and also offer resources to them. Yeah, Patreon is a platform where you can directly support things that you love. We know that several of you have been real supportive of us and we hope you would consider being financially supportive as well. Right, because we're running practices and families and we need time really to do more, something like a webinar. We'd like to do some worksheets for you. We really want to expand the resources that we can be able to provide to you as our listeners, dive deeper into the questions you have, offer more practical steps for you to have the best possible relationship. So we're looking for some patrons. We appreciate already the love, the emails that you send. All of that is great. So if you love listening to us, you can find out how to support us by going to our website, foreplayrst.com. Thank you so much for considering that. We appreciate it. Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. 
Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido, from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them, it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique, and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. Hi, I'm Dr. Adam Matthews, and I want to welcome you to Matthews Counseling. At Matthews Counseling, we believe it is our job to come alongside you in whatever difficult challenges of life you are in and help you rediscover hope and to find the strength that you have to face those challenges. We believe in people, specifically that no two people are alike and therefore they need solutions that are unique to them. We strive to create a safe and comfortable place for you to explore who you want to be and identify the obstacles standing in your way. Oftentimes, the first step toward finding help is the hardest, but it can also be the bravest. At MatthewsCounseling.net, we strive to help make the first step easy. There, you will find our blog with some great resources from our therapist. You'll also find a link to our client portal where you can schedule directly with our therapist at your convenience. We offer free 30-minute consultations either in person or over the phone, so the first step is at no cost to you. Give us a call at 919-587-8018 or again, find us online at matthewscounseling.net. We look forward to working with you. Okay, we're back with Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy and we're talking about healing a couple after sexual addiction. Right. And so we were talking about before the vulnerability that's required in a healthy sexual relationship. It's kind of like the idea of the old um, trust fall type of type of deal. Right. Did, uh-huh. you, ever, did you ever do a trust oh, fall? Oh, of course I did. Adam, I grew kind up of, in the church. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Church, churches are real fun to, <laughs> yeah, fun to trust know, falls. Exactly. Businesses, business are, leading, business yeah, leaders business are meetings. real fun to trust fall. But that, the idea is that you are vulnerable enough to fall and trust that these other people are going to catch you. Yeah. And I think sexual vulnerability is the same way. Right. Uh, emotional vulnerability is emotional. We can expose ourselves totally. Yeah, we and, can, and your partner is going to catch you, right? They're mm-hmm. going to make it safe for you to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and in non-healthy sexual relationships, right, that vulnerability is violated, right? There's not a catch, right? It's not made safe. And so the, you're not going to be willing to risk again when you're not caught, Right. right when you're not um, when you're not supported when it's not safe uh, when you're vulnerable so when there's a sexual addiction that is revealed or any kind of sexual acting out behavior at all but sexual addiction because of the the breadth of it and the, mm-hmm. the way that it, it, it can come out mm-hmm. sometimes is really violating and it makes makes the partner not want to be vulnerable again right not want to take the risk in their relationship sexually exactly because suddenly you find out, that your partner has had sex with umpteen people, mm-hmm. um, maybe unsafe sex. That's you know one of the higher riskier behaviors that oftentimes sexual addicts use unprotected sex, mm-hmm. and then they come home and have sex with their partner, right? And without protecting them, fearful about telling them the behavior, so they won't. You know, they're not yeah. going to bring up. Oh, by the way, I think we should start using condoms. Right. You know, sometimes they're shut off completely sexually from their partners. 
but there's these multiple layers right. that create a lack of safety. You know, first of all, the the initial part, right? right. I promise to have sex only with you, or I've, or that's our agreement, or that's our understanding. And behind your back, I've done all this. Well, but it's it's also, I mean, you're you're talking about kind of uh, sexual act now where they're having sex with other people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, I think, a, a big violation even when it, there's not a the physical act of sex. There's yes. ways like pornography is probably one of the biggest ones, right? And that we see all the time that pornography can become an addiction and can yeah. be be separating especially when your partner doesn't know the breadth or the depth of the use right, right? because right. it's become it's become something that is uh, all consuming and i know right? there i mean i know most people have used pornography most men have used pornography let's say that and i, I don't want to judge all the men i know <laughs> okay <laughs> but um <laughs> but on the other hand i i think the tiring thing for me as a therapist and potentially as a woman when I think about pornography is just the way every film is an action film, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like every film is this high-energy action film. And what it's doing to our culture is changing the expectation of that sex has to be this mighty variety, huge thing. And it's like who can keep doing that, you know, on a day-in, day-out basis? I mean it's just right. it it just feels exhausting to me and so sad to me that – it's destroying some of the loving, wonderful, give it to me black kind of coffee <laughs> sorts of comments, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just like whatever. That's for another podcast. I, well, I wanna, I'm talking about truly addictive behavior. And what we're talking about is not the casual use of pornography. We're talking no. about somebody who has an escalating behavior that is no. becoming problematic. And it's – I think the difficulty when you discover your partner is a sex addict, it's not just like, oh, you violated you know, our sexual agreement. It's like, oh, you have a huge problem. Yeah, I think the you – know, There's what you a said, huge dysfunction and sickness here. I think what you said about the escalating behavior is really important. Yeah. Right? Because even some people that may say – may have a pornography addiction may not be as concerned about it. Mm-hmm. But the the problem is is that is it's the escalating nature of it, right? That eventually pornography it is, it, moving to chat rooms, moving to, to phone sex, people. moving to yeah, yeah, um, that's all kinds a big of moving problem. to meeting people, meeting to one night stands, meeting to yeah. whatever. It's going to lead to some to even greater things of acting out. No matter where you start, where no matter where the starting point is, right? If they have an ad- addiction, if, the, if it's an addiction, yeah, yeah, it's, and it's, addiction it's escalates, yeah. and and really the research is beginning to show just to. You know, though there's a controversy about this, the research is beginning to show that as we evaluate addict brains, like um, they actually wire people up with or put them in MRIs and they show them a pornographic or erotic image, and the addict brain lights up differently than the non-addict brain. And they, mm-hmm. they're doing real studies on this, people who are classified as addicts and people who are not. So it's not just the casual, wow, his brain lit up and his brain dinned. I mean, they're doing work on this, and they're beginning to show that that addiction, sexual addiction, and sexual behaviors actually do make brain changes. Mm-hmm. And this is the problem with addiction: is it's not something that you can just, okay, I'm going to stop doing that now. Yeah. I mean, it, the addiction is part of the brain structure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it literally changes the brain of the person who's the addict. You know, in the same way, like cocaine or something. 
it's not just that the substance is addictive. It's also that the brain become, you know, has a change associated with it. And, and so it's, it's a big problem. And, and finding out that your partner has this huge problem can just feel insurmountable. Yeah. So what do, what do you encourage couples to do about it? First of all, you know, you got to get help. Yeah. I mean, this is not something that can be managed outside of professional care. It cannot be. Don't try that. It'll just result in anger and terror and more pain. And I mean, that. this is really when you need a therapist and you need a therapist who knows what the heck they're doing. Yes. Um, you really you need some help. Well, and you got to I think, first of all, from the addict perspective, if yeah. you are acting out all the time, you've got to realize that this is not a willpower type of issue. Right. Right. It is not something that you're going to overcome by yourself of just doing better or just kind of willing yourself to stop. It's yeah. not it is not that kind of problem. Yeah, if the addict is still acting out sexually, y- you really can't start couples therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's an it's a continuous injury. Yeah. So that has to happen first. They have to stop the behavior and they need to do that in individual therapy and potentially group therapy. Yeah. Well, and they have to disclose the behavior. If the behavior hasn't come out, right. the addict has to be able to disclose the behavior that's going on and the the injured party right is obviously going to be upset right yeah. it's going it, to but has to be able to draw firm boundaries around uh, that around that behavior yeah. and say this cannot and this cannot continue yeah right? and i mean you need to this may sound logical but you need to stop having sex with the sex addict until yeah. they're totally clean and until you've both been tested I mean, so many people find this out and they're still having sex. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, you don't know. There could be AIDS, literally. Yeah. You know, if they're having sex with prostitutes or with people that they don't know, strangers, I mean, there yeah. could be AIDS. Any you, kind you of, need any to kind stop. Of STD, yeah. yeah. You need to stop until there's full testing and there's and there's a re, re-engagement of the marital contract, you know, so that – because also I worry about people's souls being hurt. You know, yeah. I mean, not only are you going to get AIDS, but you're going to your soul is going to be hurt thinking, OK, it's better. We're having sex. You know, he says he loves me and, you know, it's all better. It's not all better. This is yeah. a big problem. Yeah. You're not going to solve it by having better sex as a as a couple. No, right? this and is not a sexual like a sexual content issue. You know, mm-hmm. we you didn't have good enough sex. You weren't good enough in bed. And. Therefore, he needed to act out. Yeah. You know, then no. I think that the injured party has to kind of depersonalize it a little bit. Right. right. It's going to feel really personal. You're, you're not going to be able to escape that. But the more that you can say, this is not about me, this is not about the yes. lack in our sexual relationship or something that's unattractive about me or something that is broken with me, this is an addiction issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to take that away from yourself is going to be helpful. It's going to be helpful to you, for you to be able to draw those boundaries. Um, and it's going to be helpful to kind of s- start to see a path forward is that it's the addiction that needs to be attacked and addressed. Right. Exactly. And I, I think that in therapy, what we see is that the person who's been betrayed needs to be deeply hurt. Like they have to be able to say, oh my gosh, I am just so hurt by this. Yes. It's a bomb has gone off in my life. Everything I thought about my world has been destroyed. Yeah. You you said yeah. heard. They have to be heard, right? Heard. Not hurt. They have heard. to be I'm heard. Sorry. Thank you yeah. for clarifying. They have to be heard in a in a way Did that I say hurt? You said deeply heard, I think. And okay, so it sounded good. it sounded I wanted I just wanted it, to clarify. You don't yeah. think they need to be deeply heard. My hurt. deep voice. Yeah. They need to they need to be 
validated their their emotional experience needs to be validated and this is a process yeah i mean we have to go through this and through this and through this so that it goes all the way to the mat this doesn't happen in one session no you know this happens over time and and the person who acted out has to be supported so that they can really get the impact of their behavior because sometimes that's the empathic motivation that they need to be able to turn this thing around. Yeah. You know, when they see the injury to their partner, to their family, to their loved ones, you know, most good people have a conscience and they're able to say, okay, this is not who I want to be. And they, they recognize the distance between who they want to be and who they are. Yeah. And that becomes a motivation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think the structure of the therapy has to be that the injured party speaks essentially first and, you know, is helped to get it all the way out. And the the party who acted out, the sexual addict, is able to hear it. So many times I hear that that's in reverse. Mm. Somebody came to see me recently and they said, you know, my partner had an affair and the therapist said, oh, you know, it must, it was very brave of you to tell your partner in front Mm. of me. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, it was brave and that might have been a later interpretation. But That's like in the, the beginning, first. the whole thing is, oh, my gosh, hearing that, you must have been devastated. Yeah. You know, that's that that's the first piece. Yeah, you have to you have to hold the injury that it is to the relationship and to the other right. person first and honor right. that and then draw some really strict boundaries around that behavior. Exactly, right. exactly. Well, thanks for listening to us. And for the record, you know, we do that work. Um, we will sit with you. Both of us would do intensives. Uh, That's weekend work where we will sit with you for 12 to 14 hours and kind of go through this process. And, you know, if you can fly to us or come to us, we would be glad to help you. So thanks for listening to us. This is Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. This is your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and our couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor.